This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan and Matt Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to Morning Breath. We're the drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. We do that by taking a chapter of the Bible, reading it, spend some time in the Word and with the Lord. And then we come down to the studio here at the Maradon campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about whatever God leads us to talk about. We don't know yet exactly what that'll be, but we'll get there when we get there. I want to say hello to Pastor Matt Stahlbaum. How you doing, Matt? Doing good. We're really close to Christmas, and it's uh, pretty exciting. It's my favorite time of the year, December 17th. We got like, who's it? Who's good at math? Eight days till Christmas? (laughs) Okay. Something like that. Yeah, I'm yeah, really excited about it. It is. It's a great time of year. We were, I don't know, Carol and I were sitting, she said something that, like, from the beginning of September till, like, the middle of October, we have seven birthdays in our family or some crazy number like that, and yep. then we have all the birthdays. We just had two or three more. My, we just had your birthday two days ago. We did, and uh, with all that stuff going on, and then Christmas slams in there, we definitely have a winter family uh birthday set in our family most oh, of yeah. our people are born in reagan was born the last day of the year and second uh, to last second yep. to 30th and and uh, so that's cool and you know just he's coming up soon too so it'll all be good we had uh hudson my son thanksgiving birthday and yeah. then jessica my <laughs> sister's uh son christmas birthday mm-hmm. so wow yeah this year we had two holiday birthdays so i'm blessed though because like i mine's in september and so it's more on the beginning side. Yeah, it's more on the front side. People don't have birthday fatigue yet. <laughs> and uh, so I get all truth. the good stuff, and then everybody else gets the leftovers. Yeah, Carolyn got you beat out by the 24th. She does, but moms don't get the good stuff anyway. It's no, like, it's what do you true. want for your birthday? I don't know. Well, here's a vacuum cleaner. Here's a new lawnmower. You're like, Pot holders. Pot holders. Is that a present or a punishment? <laughs> it's a punishment. Definitely. I, I have a ban against items that I have to buy anyway for birthdays. Like, I have banned, if I have to buy this, like, if this re- is required for our house to operate, like, don't give me a tea kettle. Don't get me a screwdriver. Don't give me anything we got to run the house with. Give me something a little different, a little extra. Like I, I've always felt that way, and this year, for the first time, I asked Carolyn for a couple of things that are mandatory. I don't know. Not that kind of mandatory. <laughs> Stop laughing over there, Nick. That is not that funny. Do not get me deodorant for my for Christmas. Well, I actually I need that anyway. I ask for deodorant every year at Christmas. I get in trouble for it. Well, you like fancy, like I do, like cut, like where you have the cologne, the deodorant, I do. and like the aftershave all. Yeah, you know, together. I do. That's different. Yeah. Anyway, so but I do ask for deodorant every year. But anyway, we got to get moving here. So uh, tell the folks how to get involved. All right. Well, you go to our um, website, eccc.us. You can get our podcast on the Apple Podcast and Stitcher and all that stuff. 321-452-1060 is our phone number. Or you can download our app. That's what we recommend. It has everything that you uh, want to see about Morning Breath and East Coast right on the app. Yep. Or YouTube is a great way to watch the messages that we've we've had. We're in the middle of a message series called My Perfect Christmas. And it's just about Christ getting in the middle of your mess. It's also about how we're called to live this life together, even though it's messy. And uh, we just want you to join, join the team, get on, get in the family, yes. be a part of the church. If you're on the outside, we want to say, come on, 
Come to the mess. It's okay. Your yep. mess is our mess. Let's do this. Yep. And we also have Christmas Eve services. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Wow. We have uh, 14 Christmas Eve services that we're doing. We uh, have actually Christmas Eve Eve here at the Parkway. If you want to come the 23rd and uh, sometimes uh, just felt like sometimes people want to do something, you know, family-wise on Christmas Eve. And so they, but the evening service is still a blessing to them. They like going out in the evening as a as a Christmas service, and so we have a Christmas Eve Eve service. So a lot that'll of be the travel to, and they travel on Christmas Eve, and they love to come to their own church uh, on Christmas. Yeah, you Eve. know, there's a lot of churches that uh, are starting to use a Thursday night service on holiday weekends, just in general. So, in other words, like before you hit a holiday that was a Monday. They're doing a Thursday night service so people that leave Friday for a long weekend can go to church that weekend. So, yeah, that kind of thinking. Anyway, and then we have uh, 11 more on Christmas Eve. And please call or go online and get tickets. Uh, Best way is to go online if you uh, eccc.us. Go down, just scroll down a little bit on the website. You'll see Christmas tickets there. The reason we do tickets is we don't want more people to come to a service than fit. And so we do the tickets just to make sure that we have room for you when you come. So uh, get signed up. sooner you do it, the better chance of getting a service you're, you'd really like to go to. That's right. That's it. All right, we're in James chapter 2. And uh, reading today, uh, you're going to read first because I have refused to read first. I'm glad to. Higher morning breath career. I'm glad to. Um, let's see, how many verses It's perfect. It's got a break at 13, and there's 26 verses. Not often the chapter splits perfectly, but this one splits really good right at that spot where he starts talking about faith without works is dead. All right, so what I'm taking over at 14 then? Yes, sir. You read 14 through 26, and I'll read 1 through 13. All right, I must say to you, read, sir. This is the New King James Version, James chapter 2. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man with filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or you sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Right. uh, Verse 14, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does not do anything about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, 
if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did, when she gave lodging to the spies that sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Amen. Amen. Wow. You know, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, Pastor Matt, but um, uh, Martin Luther didn't think James was uh, was scripture. He thought it was uh, so opposed to uh, faith. Uh, so to know, clarify, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr. No, not which the... is what I thought immediately when you said Martin <laughs> Luther. I just filled in the blank with I have a dream. You know, I'm like, wait, no, we're talking about the Martin old Luther, guy, the German guy. Yeah, he put yeah. the ninety-five 90... thesis yep, exactly. On the... Catholic Church Wittenberg, yeah, grave. mailed it up he on the door. He has a lot of other problems, too, actually. Oh, no, I, I agree he does, but I'm, the point I'm making is that this is uh, somewhat, if you take some of this at face value and don't mingle this with the rest of what the Word says, you might get a little bit like this is as strong as horseradish. And that's the other thing about James, is James has never been known for being tactful or... Or He's nice. Strong. He's really strong. In fact, I always just said you never have to preach from James. Just read it, and people will be a bloody stump after you're done. He could be a little rough, but the reason is, you know, because he's so strong on what you do, and he uses the phrase justified by works. And we know that we're justified by the blood of Jesus and that it's not works that actually make us righteous. But there is a side of we do what we believe and that that works that come out of our faith are absolutely necessary uh, for this to work. I want to say one other thing to start to get your opinion on. When I read this this morning, I had this wild idea. They, you heard of a secret shopper, right? You go in a store and you buy something. You see how they treat you. They see how everything works. Mm-hmm. And then you leave. I actually wondered if James sent these two guys to this church and saw how they responded and then was, because he seems so strong about it, it's almost like he's he's seen a poor man offended in their midst. And even if it wasn't, you know, the secret shopper thing, was he there and did he see something like this? Because mm-hmm. he's fired up, you know? So I just wondered if he, he had his original, you know, church consultant and was coming in with a secret shopper kind of thing to, to, to figure out where people were at, or he just observed it in the, in the in the life of this this church that he's talking to here. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think anything about the secret shopper, <laughs> but uh, I definitely think he observed it, and mm-hmm. we've all observed it, and I think we've all done it in one way or another. We've showed favoritism for someone, and we've prejudged people uh, by the way they look or 
where, you know, we, I, I'll give this example, um, of just really opening my eyes to the, <clears throat> to the difference of people, uh, and how I see people and I judge them a certain way. And, um, it wasn't a negative way, but basically I, when I was, when I lived in England, um, I, we played a lot of soccer, but, uh, me and my friend were both Americans, so we liked to go play basketball because that's what we grew up playing is a lot of basketball. So we went out to this place, and uh, we'd play basketball and play basketball at a gym. And um, we were so much better at basketball than the regular English people because they just never grew up playing it. You know, they, they would, you know, beat us terribly at soccer. Just, I mean, we were terrible compared to them, even though I was a pretty decent soccer player. They were just so good. Well, one day we're out playing basketball and these two guys, uh, two, they, they were uh, black. They're not African-American because they were not American. They were English. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know how else to say it, but they were black men. They walked up to the basketball court and they were wearing at the time FUBU, uh, which was a popular clothing when I was like in my early twenties. Absolutely. If you ever watched Shark Tank, uh, Damon, uh, Damon Johnson, what's his name? Um, Damon something. Anyway, he's the he's the guy on there that owned FUBU, and that's one of the things that he created. And uh, he, they were also wearing Michael Jordan shoes. And so where I grew up, uh, I played a lot of basketball in Merritt Island at the Parkway Worship Center. And anybody that would come to the basketball court wearing FUBU and Air Jordans, they were good. They, <laughs> they could play basketball. It was Sorry. a given. You would never roll up with really nice basketball clothing on to a basketball court where I grew up and not know how to play basketball. Like it was obvious. Okay, so these got these two black men walk up to the basketball court with FUBU and Michael Jordan shoes on, and I was like, you want to play? Like, I was excited because no one knew how to play basketball around there. It was just like, you want to play? And I passed him the ball, and, the like, the next few things that happened, my mouth about hit the floor because they couldn't play basketball. Like, they couldn't shoot. They couldn't throw the arm. You know, they were, like, two-hand granny shotting, like, just like what you'd see, <laughs> like, in the 40s or 50s yeah, yeah. Um, in America – they were and i was like and at that moment it was a it was an awesome low cost lesson for me because it didn't cost me anything because it wasn't a it wasn't a bad thing i was judging you know prejudging them about but god just showed me in that moment it's something that i learned is that people are so different and that that the outside does not determine the inside and i think that's the way i've tried to live my life although i will say i i have a hard time personally not uh, discerning or even looking at somebody and try to discern because I tend to be a discerning person. I tend to be somebody that reads people fairly well. And so I always have to remember, hey, to, like, look at this person fresh. Like, give this person a chance. You know, like, don't don't put things on this person before they they talk. And I've and I've always had to remind myself to do that because part one of my strengths is is to actually kind of get to know somebody very quickly and even see the potential in them and pull that potential out and maybe see, hey, you could do this. And and I love finding potential in people, but the negative side of my personality type of finding potential in people is sometimes I I find things that are I could be critical about or even put that on that person before I find out. So that's just something that the Lord's been teaching me with. And I think I've been raised pretty well 
um, as far as not judging people because of color, not judging people because of like wealth or uh, the education. And that's a really high value in, in our family. That's a really high value in our church. Our church is uh, definitely a church where all are welcome. Uh, one of the most beautiful things that, that I see in our church is on a Saturday night, we have a uh, Overlook Homeless Ministry oftentimes has anywhere from 8 to 25 homeless guys in the service. And uh, it's just a really, really awesome thing to see, you know, guys that don't fit the socioeconomic class of maybe the the person that, that you would spend your normal time with in in the same room where you might have a guy that owns a $8 million company worshiping the Lord you know, one savior, Amen. you know, all under the same roof, because um, what this, what I love about this, and I never seen this before, loving your neighbor and who is your neighbor, Jesus defined as anyone, mm-hmm. okay, as yourself is called the royal law. I like that. I have never in my entire life heard that phrase, thought about that phrase. Really? Now, maybe wow. I've, I've, I've read it before. I've sure, read of course we have. Many times. But that's the thing that registered in my mind when I, I was at Royal Law. I was like, Royal Law? I was like, is that anywhere else in the Bible? And I spent a lot of time looking for Royal Law, and I couldn't find anything that any other places. I didn't spend enough time, but I spent a lot of time. Um, but what I liked about it is the Royal Law is a pinnacle law. It's the law that supersedes all other laws. And we know that there are higher laws. In this chapter, we also have something called the law of liberty and the chapter before the law of liberty. So there's this law of freedom and then there's this royal law. And I just love that there's these the levels of laws, the importance of laws. And and the the most important laws are love God first, right? Yeah. And then love your neighbor is, to love yourself. That is the royal law so right I there. I was like, wow, you can call this the most important law. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And uh, that kind of stood out to me as well. That the that love thy neighbor is part of the royal law, because he starts out and says, "Love the Lord God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength." And the second is like the first, loved your neighbor as yourself. And so, the royal law is love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor, because you know other places in Scripture tell us that if we hate our brother, how can we love God? And so they're not just up, uh, uh, you know, two parts of the royal law. But they're inseparable. You can't do one without the other. If you truly love God, you're going to love people because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and gave his, gave his life for him. But the practical side of that sometimes is a little bit more challenging, you know, in the sense of, oh, yeah, of course I love God. But if you're, you know, if you just have religion, if you just have, you know, a formal sense of we go to church because our family goes to church— if you, if you don't really know Jesus, if he hasn't really changed your life, then you can, you know, ha- kind of have this picture where it looks like you love God and you can be prejudiced and, and not really care about other people and, and that type of thing. So if you really know Christ and have really have your life changed by him, you know, it, it should— change the way you see people. Now, the other side of this is sometimes we can be away for so long from maybe the streets or maybe you're not poor anymore. Or it's been a long time since you've been poor or a long time since you've been this or that. 
But the truth of the matter is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's impossible to judge somebody's true heart by their outside, whether they got a rich outside, a poor outside, nice looking outside, not so nice looking outside, big, little, black, white, green, orange, doesn't matter. You really can't judge someone or understand them fully in any way, shape or form from the outside. The other thing I'll say too, judging is not all bad. Sarah judged God faithful. There is a side of judging, which simply means deciding and, and seeing something and making a decision. But when we judge, we've got to judge through the royal law. I think that's a way to, that might help us a little bit. Judge through your love for God. Judge through your love for people. You know, and, and you can judge God faithful and you can judge someone else faithful and, and, and give them a break. Yeah. Well, I think what we do is we have an experience with somebody that's different than us. Mm. Like we could have a negative experience with someone of a different race. And then we meet another person of that same race. And then we apply that previous experience that we had onto a person we don't know. And that's how a lot of this starts in the world. Or we were told by somebody, all those people are bad. All those people are mean. All those people don't like you. And then we we have a experience with one person that might line up with that. And then we take that paintbrush and we paint every yeah. other person with yeah. it. It's the it's this natural tendency that people have. Racism is a worldwide problem. Uh, in the United States, we are very aware of it. We talk about it a lot. Um, it's a it's it's a thing that we would all say is wrong. There's plenty of racism in our country, though. There's plenty of bad things that are happening. Absolutely. There's there's racism that's just happened by by the fact that a um, hundred years have gone by and certain people were oppressed at one time, and and it takes sometimes a century or two for that to go away with family wealth and power and things like that. But across the world, there's there's so much racism. I mean, when. My family on my mother's side, your your wife came to the United States. Uh, they're Italian, and they were very racist. They were they did not like uh, my grandfather. He was Irish American, and they, when my grandmother married him, from what I understand, they treated him very very poorly to the point where they almost disowned my grandmother yep. for marrying him because he wasn't Italian. Because he wasn't Italian, and like when I went to Germany to go to England or to go to uh, India. Um, in Germany, they stopped every person with brown skin and frisked them off the plane. Like everyone that was white walked by without getting frisked. They frisked <laughs> every person from India with brown skin. You were frisked. This was in 2006. Okay. Wow. Um, we we have a different <laughs> like we have a different world. We're very very aware, and the majority of the United States hates racism. But there is a group, there is sections of all colors that has racism still invested. And the other problem that we don't realize is there's people that use racism and they hide behind uh, like things. They hide behind, um, how do I say this, governmental laws uh, and you don't know they're racist, but they, they actually are racist, and so they incite racism. And so there's there's a lot of tension in the world. But with the Bible, you got to realize not a single person in the Bible was white that wrote this thing. Okay? Not a single person was American. Paul was not white. Jesus was not white. 
Like they were Middle Eastern Jews, Arabs. Um, they are Middle Eastern. Absolutely. And a lot of people in the United States, white, black, indifferent, doesn't matter, don't even think about that. Like, we are the Gentiles. We were not God's chosen people. That's we're, right. We are we're outsiders. We're the outsiders. <laughs> That's right. Like, we, if anything, Christians should understand the outsider's chance. But sometimes we get so arrogant and we we think, oh, this was wow. written for us. Like, yeah, it was. It was. It was written for us, but we got grafted into the family. But us is a big word yeah. there. We got adopted in. We weren't born God's chosen people. We got accepted in. And you got to wow. remember that. That's a that's a great picture. We are, we're actually at, uh, at the close of the program, but we got a little bit more to share. And we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute to share that last part. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. This chapter starts out, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. You might even say by showing favoritism. And there's an interesting story. Uh, Dr. Charles Drew, who was actually the director of the National Blood Bank, and he came up with the—he uh, was a teacher at a you know university, discovered 
blood plasma. Actually, the being able to use blood plasma, not needing whole blood, which is tons easier to store, tons easier to move around. I mean, it's just an incredible tool, and it saved thousands of lives in World War II, uh, Korea, Vietnam. Well, April 1st, 1950, he was involved in a, a serious accident. He, was, he rushed to a hospital where plasma could save his life, and they refused to let him in. And he had to drive 26 miles to another hospital where they did let him in to receive the plasma, but he died en route. The reason they didn't let him in the hospital was he was black. Is that an incredible story? It's about horrendous. It's horrendous. And here's a man who saved thousands upon thousands of lives because he didn't see color, and he made this clear liquid that saved lives, and his color cost him his life later on in life. God forbid that that would ever be a part of the church or our lives. Help us, Jesus. We need it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, you guys have an incredible day. We love you. Merry Christmas and all that. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.